Hello, everybody, and welcome to Lunch with Lisa. I am so excited because I literally have the honor and pleasure of being a share one of my all-time favorite clients with you. Janet completed my 12-week Emotionally Naked Dating program, what, three months ago? Two yes, months? about Can three months ago. Yeah, and... First of all, you were so amazing. You were amazing in that program. I, I have to commend you for the way you showed up and uh, just how you participated. And the beauty of that was that you and Benjamin and me were able to make this incredible connection and really follow your story with you. So what I want to do is roll back time for a minute and just go back to where you were before you ever heard of me <laughs> in your love life, not, not in general, but specifically in your love life. Right. Well, before the, the breakthrough call, which was our first call, I was in a 15-year relationship and it was sort of on autopilot. Um, and looking back, uh, I, I decided to join the program because at that point we had a situation where we decided we were separating and I needed to really look more closely at the, my relationship period, you know, with myself, with, with just take a real deep dive. And Lisa miraculously popped up on Facebook. And the reason I say miraculously is I hardly ever go on to Facebook. And this one day I decided to go on to um, check something a friend sent me. And sure enough, Lisa popped up. And from the moment that I heard and saw Lisa, I resonated so deeply that I said, I have to explore this. So I basically signed up for the break up, breakthrough call. And kind of the rest is history in terms of where I was before. And Jenny, you, you know, just to stay back there for a moment longer, you were doing and had done a lot of work, right? Like a lot of interpersonal work. You had been doing, reading books and I think doing some courses and things. Am I correct? Yeah, actually went back to my teen years. I was reading like Elvis Huxley, Brave New Worlds and all these of Course of Miracles, my first year of college, and on and on. And it was more than reading. I did um, get heavily involved with a meditation group and center. And to your point, I've had um, multiple courses, multiple experiences, retreats, you name it. Um, yeah. Quite a, a potpourri. <laughs> <laughs> So what I love and the reason I wanted to make sure we talk about that as part of your whole journey is that you really are a seeker. You've done tons and tons of work, but something was still missing in this part of your life. Those pieces of the puzzle that may have helped you in many other areas, you still, it's, when you before you met me, you hadn't put that puzzle together yet. So I know you found my ad on Facebook and tell me about our call. We did what's called a breakthrough call, you and me, and those calls can literally change your life. Yes, I would say it definitely did. It was a turning point. Um, what I noticed in the interview is I learned a lot about myself that I wasn't even aware of. And it sort of triggered, it triggered a lot of, I don't even know what it triggered, but it triggered something. <laughs> and, and from there, actually at the end of the call, because Lisa asked some very uh, deep questions that get to the heart of it, you know, kind of bottom line things. And I know it's sort of, kind of skirting some of the answers and answering directly. And I found myself with a little bit of resistance, even though I loved everything we talked about and I felt it had brought some awareness to me. I 
when she went to tell me whether, you know, or asked me to sign, whether I was interested in signing up, I was a little bit resistant. And that's probably, I realized it's a natural response is when you're, when you're introduced to something completely new, like the unknown, and you don't even know exactly where it's all going, and you don't even know what you're getting into. So I kind of hesitated, but then for some reason, a little voice inside me said, sign up. So thankfully, I signed up, and then I started the program, and I must say, it was a life changer. Um, It's almost hard to express or articulate everything that I learned because there was so much. But I would say to sort of summarize it, um, I started with bringing greater awareness to everything from greater awareness about who I am, my deeper self, not just the personality and the persona that you see on the outside and the surface. It brought more awareness and understanding of my relationships in the past from like day one, starting with your parents through your entire lifetime, which is a real, more than an eye opener, it's mind blower. And then it also brought much greater awareness and understanding about men who I realized I was clueless about and had a lot of, even though I had multiple relationships and had a a lot of dating experience throughout my life, I found that I still didn't really understand the first thing about men. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you could stereotype it and generalize it in terms of treating each individual as a unique person and what they have to offer because everybody has something to offer. So anyway, that, and uh, I mean, I don't know how much more I could say about that. <laughs> no, that's absolutely extraordinary. So we do, you know, what's interesting, one of the things I'd love for you to talk about, Janet, not giving away the process itself, but we do a process in the third week where we put those pieces together that you were just mentioning about your past, starting with your parents and all what I what I believe, you know, one of the many things I think is unique about that week of the course is how we do this, but we don't do therapy. We right. put all of those pieces together and we really make sense of your whole past in a different way than a therapist may take you back into the past in process. And does this remind you of your mother or father? The way the relationship inventory and the final five work is really to just bring you forward to make sense of all of that once and for all. Was that your experience? Absolutely. It definitely brought the pieces of the puzzle together because before it had just been like a, a memory of a past relationship or, you know, like fragmented. But to your point, it definitely brings it together and like synthesizes it, but it also inter- helps you to integrate those parts of the relationship that you learn from and take forward. And also those parts that were not so comfortable or pleasant and that you kind of learned didn't serve you. And going forward, you're going to not repeat your mistakes type of thing. But it wasn't like rehashing the past, which is great. Yeah, and which is unique. You know, yes. with many with many coaching programs at all, I think people feel that they're not getting you anywhere if they're not processing and, you know, getting you into, well, this happened because of this and all. And one of the main premises of this whole program is to let go of those stories and to help you move forward in the clearest and quickest way, right? But to get you out of processing, out of stories, and just into this, wow, I can really move forward and just start to learn about men. Yeah, it really helps me to focus more on the present and going forward with uh, a a process, so so to speak. Mm -hmm. Your point, it was much more clear and more uh, like, efficient or effective than I would say effective than I've done a lot of 
behavioral change programs and they didn't quite stick. I mean, maybe something stuck, but I found in this a lot came up and a lot was processed through. And then I was able to apply it because it's all about the application of everything you're teaching because you can't apply it. It's sort of like just more information. So I was able to apply it. And I, I found that the calls, in addition to the process that Lisa brilliantly designed, it was also the, the weekly calls, the Tuesday, Thursday calls where literally, um, you know, Lisa and, and, um, Benjamin would facilitate, but every single person on those calls I learned from, even if I, I had a very, you know, different situation, somehow you could see yourself in almost every person. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. That's really, really beautiful. You mentioned another piece of this, Janet, which I think is so important and really led you to your outcome, which is understanding men and how you realized how little you really know about them. Yes. So there are a number of things I learned, but I would say probably the greatest um, catalyst was seeing Lisa interact with Benjamin because they truly interact from a heart to heart level and like soul to soul level. And he is the guardian of her soul. And to see it role modeled is really very much more useful than just sort of, you know, it gives you a different perspective and it gives you something to kind of visualize yourself engaging in. And it's, it helps you to steer yourself and your own relationship in a way that is heart-centered. Yeah, because you can actually see a model for it. So yeah. you know what to look for. And you also know how you want to feel when you're with your God. Exactly. And let's talk about that. Let's talk about your God. Your, tell everybody what happened in the right. course as far as finding the guardian of your soul. Right. And in, the, in a nutshell, um, when I met John, it was back in 2007, but not to go through the whole history. Um, we initially, ironically, were like uh, opposites on a lot of things. So, you know, that dynamic was a question mark to me. I didn't know what that was all about. But now I have a better, clear understanding of why we are opposites and why we, I mean, let's just sum it up and say it best by, by giving you this example. John recently wrote me a text, and we, we often talk about these things, but he wrote me a text saying, a picture of two birds together, two egrets, you know, gorgeous white snowy egrets. And he said, that's you and me. And he said, while sometimes we fly in different directions, then the, the next statement was always together. So I guess that to me, the message was, you don't have to be just like the other person, clearly. You could even be opposites, like we are in many ways. But as long as you respect, trust, and love the other person, you can still be together and make it a, a great relationship or make it work um, harmoniously, for the lack of another word, instead of having any type of you know, adversarial type of uh, whatever. And Janet, you had wound up going back. You you had broken up with John. Right. We just share that. You had broken up. Right. What happened? What happened and how did the course help you make that happen in your life? Okay. Well when when I broke up is that's the point I wanted to reevaluate everything and um then I took the course and then after looking at my relationship inventory and discovering a lot about myself, as well as coupling that or combining that with everything I learned through the calls and also the final five that gave me greater clarity about what I was actually looking for, what would be the best match for me. I then, it's like the light bulb went on and I realized that John actually fit my final five. and. 
many things that I kind of like projected onto him were things that I had to work through myself. Like I, I was an avoidant and I didn't even know it um, until I took the course. And that's another piece of the course that fits in into the whole picture that really helps whoever, whoever takes the course or participates in the course um, fully, they'll be able to bring it together and incorporate it or integrate it and, and eventually, hopefully internalize it because it's one thing to make the change, but then you have to internalize the change so much that it actually turns into a habit and then you carry it forward. So um, that course helped me to realize something that was just like right in front of me all, this, all the time. And we, our reunion was like, you know, sort of like your first love. It, we just, it, was, it was unbelievable. It was kind of like, it's just hard to even explain. It was just quite touching and quite um, surprising to me, actually. Well, I'm probably so beautiful because you were together for 15 years. You had so much history. You had invested a lot. Yes. Relationship and this man, you know, so we don't want to lose somebody that we love. It's so lovely to think that you were able to really take that and make it even better. How many people get that ch- that opportunity to Well, I don't know. It's hard to say, but I found it definitely worked for me and for us. And um, it changed the whole dynamic of the relationship since then. Huh. Huh. I would just say it took some of, like, I can be a little bit sharp around the edges. I mean, I don't do that intentionally, but I was in business so long and it's, I had to sort of, you know, have a, a little bit of an edge sometimes. <laughs> to get, so having said that, it kind of softened me up and made me um, more in touch with my emotions. And also, I realized that about John, I, I didn't really um, recognize some of the things in him because I didn't see them in myself, quite honestly. And then once I started seeing them in myself, I started seeing them in him. It's funny how when you change, then oftentimes the person you're very close to changes as well. And it's not the type of change that you're manipulating. It just sort of happens organically or naturally. So I would just say we're, we're much more loving and much more um, considerate and more, more kind and things like that. What if you, may I, I'm curious, like, what was your biggest aha moment in the program? Like, what, what was something where you just thought, oh, my God, this really, this is amazing. If you could share. Yeah, sure. There's, there are very, there were a lot of those aha moments, but I would say the one that probably hit me the most or sort of uh, was going back to actually my childhood, which I didn't, I didn't fixate on, but I, I just was aware of it that I didn't, I didn't trust men. I mean, that changes the whole relationship with any man. If, you know, if you don't trust men, period, um, deep down subconsciously, I didn't certainly on the surface, I may have trust, appeared to trust them or trusted them, but deep down in my subconscious, because unfortunately for me, I overheard a conversation when I was very young, probably about six or seven years old. My parents were sort of quietly talking. They didn't know I was around. And I heard them talking and I I believed I heard my uh, father and mother talking about my father having an affair with another woman, which obviously was very distressing to me because my mother was like the same. You know, she was like unconditionally loving in the family to all of us. So I just, I tucked that away and sort of in my memory and kind of took it forward. And I find sub- subconsciously, I do believe I, I felt that I couldn't trust men in all of my relationships. And I had been married before as well. Wow. And so that came to light, what, through the inventory and the final five? Yeah, it came to light, definitely, during that. And so it ended up being my number one, um, I want someone who's truthful, but I realize I have to be totally truthful, too. 
Mm-hmm. And then um, as far as the uh, the inventory goes, that's where it came up initially. That's amazing. Kind of like unsurfaces, uh, services things, I should say. Yeah. And in a very interesting way, not it's not linear. It's not like you sit down and go, oh, these are my patterns, but we really uncover them. Right. And it's, it's not traumatic. Like if you're going through like, uh, you know, uh, therapy where, you know, you kind of keep reliving the trauma over and over. It wasn't like that. It was just, it came up and then you just look at it. Right. You take it forward you bring the awareness and then things lighten up after that because the awareness lightens things up. And you have the way forward. Yes. You also have the way forward. I think a lot of women don't realize that so much of their struggle in this part of their life isn't even, a, I mean, it may be in part about the, those things, not trusting and the old, you know, watching our parents and all of that. But there's this whole other thing about just not knowing about men. They're just yeah. as afraid of us as we are of them, right? They're just yeah. intimidated by, you know, they want to make us happy. And as you start to really see that there are good men and that men can be so sweet and they're not all untrustworthy. They're not all liars. They're not all cheaters, you know? And when you start leveling the playing field, it's a whole other world of dating. Yes. It's a lot about releasing fears about those things, especially with men. I'm sure you know, most women, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, of course, because everybody has such a unique situation and path, but I would think that everybody has fears because we're human, right? And they probably have a lot of fear about the opposite sex or men, obviously, or who, whoever their partner is. Because these things just come up, right? I mean, just. But there's the personal part of this is my legacy, these are the issues I'm working through and all. And then there's the practical part, which is how do I sit across from a man on a date and create a safe space for us to be able to make a heartfelt connection? Yeah, no, that's so important what you just said, especially the part about even, I mean, I remember hearing from some of the calls, for example, the women would say, well, I, I sat across the guy, and instead of me judging him as I might have done in the past, I tried to go in more open-hearted and just explore, you know, and just be curious and that find out about that person. And, you know, instead of like the judgment thing that we all do, because I've kind of wired to tra- program that way to judge the person, you know, by the first impression type of thing. Mm-hmm. So that was... And making a real authentic connection is really what it's about. Yeah. It actually spilled over into my everyday living. I mean, I used to do this anyway, but it deepened. Like if I go to the store to buy some food or something, you know, make everybody make that connection with everybody, like the cashier, try to make their day better than it was, you know, make them smile. I mean, what's the harm in that? And I, I mean, in the process, everybody is having much more like happiness in their life. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and that's another piece of this, Janet, is how women take it into the rest of their lives, that it isn't just dating and it isn't even just about connecting with men. A lot of the clients that I have bring it into their relationships with their exes or with their children or in their, you know, in their work with their colleagues, with their friends. Yeah, absolutely. Because basically to connect with people, I mean, we're on the planet with like 8 billion people, right? So connecting with people is really the most, probably the most important thing on the planet when you're here with all, all these others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some level, I mean, it's all different levels, of course, but. But it's being able to open up your heart, get emotionally naked, live more authentically. And that's partly what this does, especially, I think, when you're anchored in a safe, loving partnership, it's that much easier to also start to open up in the rest of your life because you have that anchor. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. I mean, we actually lived through the hurricane that once in a, a dec, um, once in a century hurricane. 
And if it wasn't for John, I mean, if I had not been in a relationship with him, oh my God, I can't even imagine having lived through that because it was literally uh, a deadly storm. So I went to his house and he had hurricane impact windows and basically watched the whole thing from his, inside his house. And we lived together without electricity and power and all that for like five days. And oh. it's a good experience to really make life with somebody, just realize the important things in life and the simple things as opposed to, you know, all the trappings and everything. And also being grateful just to have somebody there. Yeah. How many, you know, how many people went through that by themselves? How many women? You know, yeah, I have some passion for anybody who, who tried to go through that by themselves. It was just really, yeah. Hard. So that was probably an extreme example. <laughs> no, but that's the truth, Janet. We're all sitting and thinking, you know, I speak to women every day and they will sit there and say, oh, I'm fine. Well, what if you never find a partner? Oh, I'll be fine. I, I'll be fine. And I know, I believe, um, there's a coach, a very famous coach. I can't think of her name now, but she says, you know, the word, the worst word in English language is the F word. Fine. Right. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I, I would say that most of my, uh, my relationships were quote fine up until recently. And it's really blossomed, um, beyond fine for sure. Um, but it was, kind of fine for a number of years. <laughs> and to your point about having a relationship, I mean, I know a lot of women that are very independent, myself included, that think they're going to be fine, but it's so much more fun to share. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's good to do certain things by yourself, of course, but I find great joy in sharing. And I think most people do. I mean, unless unless I'm just you know, not in touch with, I mean, everybody's different, but I would think that most people would want to share things. Well, and also, I mean, I love my own company. Yeah. I love hanging out with Benjamin. I love my company even more when I'm with him because we laugh, we joke, we bounce stuff off of each other. I mean, I can't do that with myself. <laughs> he laughs me off, you know? He surprises me. And life is so much more beautiful and interesting and fun when you have somebody just to play with. Oh, it's so funny you said the thing about you laugh with him because John actually worked um, for David Letterman, the comedian, for 23 years the whole time. And he did the initial, he did the original Saturday Night Live. So he's all about joking. In fact, he has the sign up, live, laugh, and love. You know, that sign that three. And he, he lo we love to laugh. I mean, without laughter, as my brother would say, if you can't take a joke, you shouldn't be living. <laughs> without laughter, truly, I mean, I was so serious during my career. I, I needed to lighten up big time. That's so great. But you can't, you know, you, you don't do that with yourself. You I know. Most people don't let do laugh by themselves. I mean, if they do, that's, that's their thing. But. Or you're sitting and you're watching something and you're laughing, you're watching TV, but then there's, or you're crying and there's nobody to look over, you know, and next to you and just go, oh, okay, you're feeling that too. Yeah. And you're just going through life in a vacuum. I couldn't even imagine never having experienced this. And, you know, I think, Janet, so many women just think that it's impossible, that, that you, they can't have it. Yeah, well, I think a lot of that is uh, programming from, you know, from childhood. Because they didn't have, you know, I mean, no, not many people I know had a great role model. Uh, as far as a mother and father and beyond that, even, um, we're not really, nobody ever teaches this stuff in school for sure. Why right. is that? Like, why wouldn't this be the most important thing people would learn? That's a very good question. <laughs> we got to get to the bottom of that, Lisa. We get, right? I think it's the way that the educational system evolved, but 
it's just a little bit peculiar when you think about it. Like we learn all of these skills that go in one ear and out the other. But the most important thing of all human relationships and especially romantic partnerships and the wildest part about all of this is that there's a lot of this that is so practical. It can be it can be taught, right? Yeah. And we know that. And it's stuff that like anybody can learn. Well, I, I think part of it is you have to. You have to learn it at a young age. You can't wait until you're an adult because then you have to reprogram yourself or deprogram yourself. But I think the reason I just realized when you asked that question, why it is the way it is, is because the Western world, at least, and I I probably the same is true in the Eastern part of the world, um, values the mind above almost everything. You know, it's sort of... um, a historical thing values the mind worse. I mean, the mind is, can be very powerful. And as you know, it's very complex with, you know, subconscious and conscious and all that. But at the end of the day, when all is said and done, when, when you're taking your last breath in life, it's not about the mind anymore. It's more about like your soul and where your spirit, your spirit that lives. So, and which is, you know, I use the words like spirit, soul, and heart kind of, synonymously as one one thing it's not like i don't want to categorize and separate them because it's all it's all one but you know because we're not really taught that that we're spiritual beings in a material world and so that's why i think we are where we are but it's a whole other story about consciousness evolution right yeah i don't know it's a tragedy that's not you know that this isn't taught to people and maybe also part of it you know, part of it is there's also not many great teachers for this. Yeah. When I was, you know, when I was dating and I wanted to find love, I had done a lot of work with, with many other teachers before. You know, that's how I learned a lot of the principles that I took into END, Emotionally Naked Dating, which is the 12-week course that you did. But um I didn't, when it came to this, I saw nobody modeling it for me the way that I would want to create this in my own life. And so I had to do, I had to create the model for myself. I had to look at myself and say, you know, who am I as a woman? What kind of woman am I? And then what is the kind of man that I want to attract? And so I thought these things through and I thought about how I have to show up with men in order for a man to be attracted to me in the way I wanted him to. Nobody ever taught me that. I never saw anybody do this the way I teach it. No, I haven't either. Um, There are a lot of teachers out there, you know, people that say they're love coaches or relationship coaches or even therapists, but I find those uh, some of those teachers, I mean, they don't do it intentionally, but they find like a formula that they think is like the magic formula and like X, what, you know, some of these books were just really, uh, I don't even know what word to use. I'll leave it to your, to you to describe like the rules, the book, the rules, which mm-hmm. I, I never bought, but I think some, believe it or not, some of my friends might've looked at it and they might've believed it. I don't know. I mean, it just, to me, it didn't resonate at all. But to your point, that just not only were there no teachers, what was being taught was so far off the mark that it wasn't even funny. It was yeah. it was leading people in the wrong direction, quite honestly. You know, I really I would I would say also a lot of it is driven by organized religion. Yeah, because their methodology. I mean, first of all, this works with any culture, any religion. What I teach is is very non-religious, right? Uh, and it's very, but deeply spiritual. And anybody of any background or religion could do it. But I think that there are very strict rules within organized religions and roles that men and women play in certain things that. I don't know if it could be taught in schools, you know, for that reason as well. 
Yeah, the, the roles are a real issue because, you know, the traditional roles of male and female, that's like so past history as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I don't, I don't live my life by those rules, but I, I feel that they're antiquated, many, many of them, you know. Many of them. And so I think yeah. that's another thing. You know, this program is so just broadly spiritual, non-denominational, but still very much about all of the spiritual principles, but in their purest sense, right, of being kind and compassionate and grateful and appreciative coming from your heart and not your head, you know, so there's a lot of that woven into EMD. Right. Living those, those principles and those um, qualities that you are seeking from others, as well as you want to cultivate yourself. But it's actually, I really liked the practicality of it. Like how, how you then take that information or those uh, principles and then you do your best to apply them to your situation. Well, that's to your life. Uh, yeah. Well, information is, is not transformation, right? It's the opposite. Oh, yeah, that's so true. Because with spirituality, I find, I mean, I've been in many spiritual circles ranging from Buddhism to Zen and everything in between. But um, even I looked into Hinduism and other other cultures or religions. But having said all that, I find a lot of spirituality doesn't bring it into this 3D world that we live in. It's sort of out there, uh, nebulous, you know, and I feel that the transformation has to happen while you're a human being on this planet. So that's what the, that's where the practicality needs to come in. Well, <laughs> right. oh, and also it's liberating and fun. Like, what you know, this is a part of our lives. Did you, did you, I'm curious if you had this experience, Janet. For me, I carried so much self judgment about my inability to be successful in this part of my life. It was soul crushing to me not to be able to have a beautiful connection with a romantic connection with a man that I was proud of. And by doing this work, it was in so many ways, one of the most liberating, freeing things I've ever done for myself in my life, because I didn't even know how much oppression, self-judgment, um, depression I was feeling because I wasn't being successful in love. Well, I would say that uh, maybe not to the extent of your experience, but I would question because I had, as I said, a previous marriage and I had um, been engaged before and blah, blah, blah. But I guess to sum it up, I, I was scratching my head and couldn't figure out here I, I'm in my 60s, you know, I couldn't figure out how it is that I'm in my 60s and I, this is one area of my life that I'm, I'm kind of looking for my soulmate, is what I call my soulmate, someone I'm very deeply connected with. And why is it I don't have that? Like, even on my last, my seven year relationship before my meeting John, the, the guy, there's nothing wrong with the guy, but it just didn't resonate on the deepest level. And I was like, it was such a mystery to me. I didn't get depressed about it, but I realized it was sort of like on the train, but the train was just going and it wasn't like the adventure that when you really open your heart and, and you open up your, your mind as well, that it could be fun and adventurous, you know, each day, it's like a new, new day. You know, and doesn't have to be the same old, same old like Groundhog Day, the movie. I don't know if people saw that movie, but it doesn't have to be Groundhog Day. <laughs> A lot of people saw it. <laughs> no, but it's a, it's a different world. I mean, just having partnership, love, somebody there with you, somebody you can turn to. I, I, I don't know how people, I mean, you know, I think... Our parents had companionship, but we have this ability to be able to have something that in the whole of mankind 
in the history of mankind has never happened at this level of consciousness, right? Yeah, well, I do think the old ways are shifting, you know, um, as, a, as a whole, like the collective, uh, all the people. And I do feel that the, I call it the divine feminine, which is that part of yourself that's open hearted and compassionate and kind. And oh, let's just call it feminine to make it easier shorthand. But I do think that feminine is the future. And I mean, every man has a feminine side, even if he doesn't like feel it or acknowledge it. Um, that side of you that's more nurturing, that side of you that's more more soft and kind and all those types of qualities, heart-centered. And every every man, I believe, has that. Whether or not he expresses it is another story, but that's where, you know, your ability, one's ability to attract that, you have to start with yourself and then get, come from, go from there. But um, it, I believe it's not only possible, I think it's accelerating a in general. Well, and I also think the more feminine women are, and we're talking about um, the strong feminine archetype, not the, you know, stay at home housewife, but a woman who is a leader, who knows herself, who, you know, is a strong, independent woman, but who can also access her, the best parts about her feminine nature, when we can do that and we don't bring the drama to our relationships with men or we don't blame them, we can open up these beautiful spaces for men to step in. And I really think, and Benjamin agrees, that we are the teachers for men in this arena. This is yeah. our gift to them, right? Absolutely. The as I said, feminine is future, and the only way that's going to happen is if women open up to the men in their lives in this way. Yeah, and then men will feel more open to to bringing out that side of themselves or expressing that side of themselves. And it will also fortify their masculinity because the more they can have more balance in their nature, which they haven't, you know, been able to have. It will also bring, I mean, Benjamin would agree, he's far more masculine now because of our relationship and because of the safety that he feels to bring his whole self. Does John, do you know if John feels that way with you, Janet? Well, this I'm glad you brought that up because the balance, I think, is critical not only for men to feel masculine and also be able to express their feminine side, but with women as well, because I find I have been like ridiculously masculine in my career. And as a result, it was a habit for me. And your, your plus with being more feminine in the way you um, express. But I, I'm trying to balance my masculine and feminine, too, because I think within every individual, you have to have the balance of both. And I realize I need to cut the masculine. I'm not cut, but I need to bring out my feminine more. But to your point, I mean, I think that everybody is so unique, though. I I try to be um, sensitive or aware to, for example, like my mother was a housewife and my dad was the breadwinner until he died when I was like 13. But long story short, there is she, even though she was a housewife, I shouldn't say even though, I mean, that's a huge job and I would never be able to do that job because it's beyond, it's beyond me. But it, it's like managing three companies. Having said that, um, she had no desire to be a strong and independent woman. But ironically, after my father died, she remarried and she became very strong with her her new husband. And they had like an unbelievable romance the entire time they were together until she passed and then ultimately he passed. But it's interesting how that plays out in every individual's path that that's not to say it could play out any number of ways that probably, you know, it's not even, it, you know, you have to just work on yourself because you can't obviously predict other people's paths. Yeah. I love what you just said. It's finding that balance and creating that safe space. I have a, a dear friend whose husband wound up um, coming out as being gender fluid. Uh-huh. It was, a, it was a surprise. It wasn't what she thought she was getting into. 
And the two of them were able to navigate that together through good therapy and all in love for each other. But instead of running away when that shifted, she stayed there and they, she said their relationship is better than she ever imagined. So, you know, to your point about finding that balance between two people, it's interesting how two souls can come together to find the balance of the masculine and feminine and be able to help each other balance that. Yeah, and I meant to answer your question. Sorry, I got a little sidetracked with my answer. But John, he's yeah. definitely more masculine than he was. Not that he wasn't masculine. I mean, actually, he has a good balance. I mean, he's better balance than I do, surprisingly. Um, but I definitely noticed he he because he always he was the one he used to joke and we used to say he's the female in the relationship. But now he he took up to Kapkido, which is like Korean karate. And oh my God, he he comes. He doesn't do it like a, in a boastful way. But I said to him, "You are so strong." I mean, he is incredibly physically strong, but also mentally to go with that that. Karate is mental strength. You know, it's, uh, the martial arts is a tremendous discipline. But anyway, I noticed definitely his that masculine side did in a good way. It, and we joke about the old masculine, like the, uh, you know, kind of um, bigoted, you know, like the Archie Bunkers of the world. We sort of joke about that. I mean, we don't take that seriously. Okay. Yeah, that's beautiful. Janet, I wish I could keep going. I loved every second of this. Let me ask you, if if a woman was thinking was on the fence about doing this program and working with us, and knowing it is without going into how much, but it's a big investment. It really is. What would you say to her if she said, Why 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 would you do this? Why and why should I invest? this kind of money and working with Lisa and Benjamin? Because it truly is an investment in yourself. And that's an investment that no one can take away from you. And you'll have it for the rest of your life. I mean, you could go back and do this over and over, right, Lisa? If they want to. I mean, as, as far as the... Yes, for doing course. Yeah, evergreen. It, it to me, I can't imagine anybody going through this course and fully participating and not changing for the better. I, I can't even imagine it. I, I probably not possible. I mean, I don't know if you've ever if you probably haven't even seen anybody who who didn't change as a result because unless that person is really stuck in their old habits and do not want to. But, but Janet, why, you know, if somebody was saying, well, why should I do this course? Like, why can't I read a book or whatever? Why would I work with Lisa and Benjamin? Well, as I mentioned, just because the, it's a process and reading a book, you get the experience of reading a book. I mean, you might take away a couple of things, but this is more experiential in nature. Books are typically not experiential unless you really force yourself to experience some of the things you learn from it, but, and it's just, it helps you've got the support system of not only Lisa and Benjamin, but everybody who works on Lisa's staff, uh, as well as the support system of all the women who go through this, that, like I said, I learned from everyone and I found the diversity was just off the charts. I mean, it's not going to be like everybody who looks like you on this course, but that's the beauty of it. Because we live in a world that's very diverse. So I would just say you're you're not going to be able to replicate this experience anywhere. And even like I have a friend who she's been going to a therapist and nothing has changed. And I tried to to talk her into changing, you know, and taking the course. But for whatever reason, she she wants to continue with whatever she's doing, but she's not changing. So, I mean, that's up to you. But quite honestly, that to me is not very productive, but that's just my opinion. Um, I would just say sign up. I even had resistance. Thank God I overcame my resistance on the call. And I would just say sign up right away and don't bother because your mind is going to come up with 500 excuses when you hang up the phone for not, why not to. Plus, you're going to put the money as an obstacle. Your mind will always present obstacles whenever there's an opportunity for you to change because the ego doesn't want to lose its job. But the mind just want to lose its job. 
I would just say sign up now and don't think about it and get into the course immediately and start doing it. And then you will change. And if you don't change, you're welcome to contact me. <laughs> and you're welcome to contact Lisa. Janet, one last question just to clarify. Like, if a woman said, well, why Lisa and Benjamin? Why not any one of these hundred other Because there's no other Lisa and Benjamin out there. There's, there's not even... Uh, these love coaches, they oftentimes don't even have a relationship themselves. A good one. I mean, they may have one, but it's not an I it's not a role model to use. And I feel the role model is essential. But even even these people that claim to be uh, love coaches or whatever, I don't feel that you're going to get the change and transformation. Forget change, the transformation that this can bring. But you have to go in open-hearted and open-minded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Janet, thank you so, so, so much for being here. It's an honor and pleasure. Oh, I, I can't thank you enough. And what an honor for me to get to spend an hour with you. Please, everybody, if you're interested in learning more, go to lisashield.com. You'll find the button all over my website to watch my free 45-minute presentation. If you want to jump to a call, you can go to lisashield.com forward slash apply. That will take you directly to the book a call link. You fill out a short application and then you can book your call. And then there's about a 15 minute thank you video after you book the call, which I really encourage you to watch because you'll learn a lot more about what we do and then you can be more prepared when you get on the call you'll get the most out of that breakthrough call like janet did and uh, her journey started with that free 45 minute presentation so it really is a life changer and please like and rate my podcast you will find it wherever you get your podcasts you can give us a thumbs up on youtube you can also catch my husband, Benjamin, and me on Sundays. We do a broadcast at uh, 10 o'clock Mountain Time. So please check that out and tell everybody you know. Tell your sisters and your mothers and your aunts and your nieces, your daughters, your sisters, your mothers, everybody about these broadcasts. We're saying something in a way that nobody else is saying it. So please help us spread the word. And also, if you have any suggestions for future podcasts, please send them to podcast at lisashield.com. We read every email. We take all of your suggestions to heart. And once again, Janet, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here. I just adore you. And um, I hope know what an honor it is to have such an accomplished, intelligent, beautiful, heartfelt woman like you as a, a former client and to be able to share you with everybody else and, and for you to take the time to share your journey. It means the world to me. Thank you, Lisa. You're amazing and Benjamin's amazing. And I love you both and uh, we'll be in touch. We love you too. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, Lisa.